India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Good evening everyone this is Rohit Srivastava here giving you a market update for the 18th of April 2020 and also this week because we've ended the second week up from what was a grueling seven week decline Now, it was not just a seven week decline but also pushed indicators like the RSI for those of you who are not tuned in to the RSI that's the relative strength index a common technical indicator that had reached on weekly charts to the lowest level ever on indian indices so we had the lowest reading never happened before and so it was almost like you are going into oblivion and from there on the first thing that happened is that we got an inside bar so the two weeks prior you had an inside bar where the Uh, high and low of that particular week was completely inside the previous week's high and low so you have one week where you have a very high uh, and low data point and the following week's high is actually lower than the previous week and the low is also higher than the previous week so it's actually uh, inside the entire bar of the previous week and that's called an inside bar and then we've been followed up by that with two positive weeks and what what we've actually been writing about since the start of this month is the potential for a potent uh, for a bounce back in the market that we would call a counter trend but of larger degree and whenever that happens the first bounce back of any market and i think i discussed this uh, at great length in my last podcast that uh, it ends up being uh, sharp in terms of the size uh, not necessarily speed because speed and time have varied from time to time uh, but you can end up getting a deep retracement Uh, and the thing that happened i think most a lot of people are still not convinced i think this week because if i just go by my most recent video post uh, that i put out two days ago and all the feedback that i've gotten since then most people are asking me questions on uh, why is the market going up i mean uh, there's so much bad news people are dying in the us why are we in us indices going up so what ended up happening on friday is that us indices were not only up but oil was down to a new low so what really happened is that a large part of the fear which was developing around oil so initially when the market started to sell off it was it was the virus and then one day you had that big sell off in oil because suddenly oil demand had taken a hit and that's still a problem uh, and probably the oil cuts were not enough to address the complete demand side uh, situation as far as oil is concerned but what uh, uh, they did address is and that's that's what the fed did uh, is they addressed the bond market so Uh, in case you are not aware uh, uh, the reason why oil has had such a direct impact on uh, equities at that point of time although historically it's always been an economic indicator so as and when you know you've seen the economy weaken uh, oil and commodity prices like copper uh, which is often called doctor copper is taken as a lead indicator of economic activity so when they weaken you consider that you know demand in the economy is weakening but we are in a very different situation in the last couple of years which is uh, in fact over the last decade is because us became one of the largest producers of oil in the world and because of its shale industry uh, but the problem that the shale industry faces in case you are not aware is that its cost of production is much higher than either uh, the opec or russia or any of the other big players that have been around for very long because they've set up plants very very long back at much lower costs of production so they are able to survive in this environment uh, but the shale industry which is almost like a ponzi scheme because it has to keep borrowing and investing in new capacities each year to keep growing and to keep being able to you know hold on to the debts that it has created 
moment you get lower oil prices, uh, most of the industry comes to a standstill in terms of their financial position and uh, near default. And a large part of the debts that they've raised almost amount to maybe 50% as per some estimates of the US junk mod market. So the most recent Fed announcement when they talked about buying bonds, they added that they would also buy junk bonds. And the following day, the JNK or the HYG symbols opened with a gap up and uh, priced in that, well, all of a sudden now, at least the oil bonds uh, won't go immediately into default because the Fed is backstopping that and it's going to buy them. And so the low oil prices, while they hurt the shale industry, uh, you won't get a bond market based, uh, you know, crisis, which was the big risk uh, on an immediate basis because high yield credit spreads were actually widening uh, like crazy relative to the uh, 10 year safe debt that you consider. So the spread between the uh, high yield and the uh, and the low yield uh, was really wide and that was creating an environment of risk uh, off and that one uh, at least got addressed because the Fed is going to buy a lot of the oil bonds. So that's what ended up happening and that is why you have this divergence now between oil and the US um, uh, indices. So you have the S&P Dow, all of them gaining I think on Friday uh, except for some initial early day volatility, end of the day they all ended up uh, higher. Now they've almost retraced uh, coming close to the 61.8% mark and they surpassed 50% earlier. But as far as our own indices are concerned, the Nifty did not, uh, has not in fact yet reached the 50% mark. 38.2% was close to the 9400 uh, mark and we came pretty close to that I think by Friday. Finally, with the banking sector picking up, and it was early early part of the week, I noted that you know banks or at least a couple of banking stocks are making triangle patterns, and they were in wave E of that, and so there was potential for that to really kick off. And so I wrote about that to uh, insider subscribers uh, that we are going to you know get a, a pop up in banking in the next move up because bank stocks needed to really catch up. In fact, that's what I also said on my uh, Wednesday CNBC appearance. So. Uh, which is what I discussed in the last podcast. So that's what we ended up getting on Friday. We finally got banks catching up and I think that catch up is still not complete. They still need to go further up. And in the meantime, as they do that, I think Nifty should now eventually move from the 38% retracement mark towards the 50% retracement mark, which is closer to 9880. But is that the end all? You know, so the so moment I put out my last podcast and this video, I've got a lot of questions on FG on why it's going up. On Twitter, people have been asking, uh, don't you have an alternate count? Why the Nifty could top out right here and turn down and go down from here itself? Uh, and, you know, uh, and then I had a more interesting question from some subscribers that can the Nifty, I mean, what do you do as, as, a, uh, as a trader uh, or investor? I mean, if you're looking at the market, it can, why can't it fail at 9500? Now, maybe it does go to 10k and then what do you do at that level? And then what if it continues to go up all the way to 12,000 or something like that? So those are three alternate scenarios. And even for US equities, uh, it is pretty relevant. But uh, the first thing now, so before I go into each of those points, the first thing is uh, sentiment itself, which has turned extremely negative. Now, this is just my sense based on all the questions and posts I'm getting because everybody's questioning this bounce back view. Now, what ended up happening? Uh, and so I don't uh, ever like to go by sentiment only on posts. I also go by data, uh, which is why we look at everything from AD ratios to FI positions and all of that and try to see where they are and what they are telling us about the mass psychology. 
So uh, even when I look at put call ratios, not just I just don't look at the Nifty, but I look at the market wide PCR, I look at the market wide volume put call ratio, and so on and so forth. Uh, all data points that can tell you something about the big picture in terms of sentiment and not just the narrow picture. So what you had is not just the oversold condition in the RSI, but because of all the bad news, uh, sentiment in terms of positioning had also reached a negative extreme, uh, I think, uh, through uh, most of March, uh, at least at the trader level. Now, the investor level has been very, very different because when we did crash, uh, a lot of people have actually uh, taken this as an event. Uh, which is a one-off and based on history because most events come and go and every time there's an event there's a knee-jerk reaction it's more an opportunity in the market that you actually have investors waiting for things to normalize and probably waiting for markets to pick up so you haven't seen that stress really hit the mutual fund industry they've uh, probably had it silent your SIP flows still probably happening even if there have been some reductions uh, you still have flows uh, on that front uh, and investors who have called me, um, I mean, I've got old friends who've probably never spoken to me, call up and say, you know, what do we do? We've continued to hold on to uh, whatever mutual fund and other investments we've done. So should we think of exiting now? And the answer at our 8,000 Nifty was, well, if you've waited this long, then you've already seen most of the downside. And if you ever think of an exit, it should be after you get a meaningful bounce back because things are already too negative. So in the, apart from whatever short-term volatility you would get at an 8,000 level, maybe a retest of 7,500, if at all, uh, eventually you are heading back up, you know, going back to retrace 50% or more of this entire fall. And if that's the case, then uh, there's always a chance that you get better prices, something that you're beginning to see now. Uh, the thing is, uh, so when I'm reflecting on the social media questions, it's essentially that people are still asking why and they're asking how come, you know, so so that sentiment is still there. So they're not able to uh, understand why this is happening. And purely in a technical sense, you can explain that, well, it got extremely oversold. You ended up pricing everything from a coronavirus to uh, what impact it would have on the economy, on stocks and earnings all in one shot. And now you're doing the reverse pricing, which is you're trying to say, okay, what if this... Uh, gets resolved when when uh, the economy opens up again how much will things normalize so they probably normalize to some extent uh, and the market is starting to discount that so uh, also it's looking at you know news flows like okay have you found a cure uh, and then you have last but not the least you have central bank intervention uh, and the expectation that eventually uh, the governments themselves are going to step in with some kind of fiscal policy. You have seen that in some places around the world, probably US has done much stronger measures on that front. Uh, in India itself, we've seen most of it from the RBI, uh, direct intervention in, uh, you know, the uh, money markets. Uh, they actually cut, in fact, just day before they've cut the reverse repo rate uh, and, you know, thrown in more money to actually be lent out. The bigger problem is, will it really get lent out? So, that's something we'll come to know later. Right now, what we are dealing with is sentiment, which had reached an extreme and is coming out of that. Uh, so as it moves forward, the people will start pricing in and thinking about, okay, let things open up. What will it look like? Now, the eventual eventuality to even any sane mind is that it's not going to normalize on day one. Uh, the thing is, uh, uh, when you do uh, get to higher and higher levels, you're going to see sentiment change especially from long-term investors who sat through this are going to say see every time you get this this is what it looks like 
and uh, you're always supposed to buy these knee-jerk reactions and uh, you know sitting through it uh, and not reacting to it is the right thing to do so that sentiment will get stronger as you go up uh, and uh, you know the investment theme will come completely back that you need to get into these markets and you should you know not have missed that opportunity and that's when the rollover of the markets will probably occur i don't know whether that's a couple of weeks down the line a month down the line or two months down the line because it can be a process uh, between uh, coming out of a negative extreme to you know going to the other side because uh, as i think uh, in india's case even though we've been slow uh, probably we'll wait for the market to open up the economy to you know start functioning functioning again and when they take a measure of what's happening uh, then i think the policy makers may step in with some fiscal measures as well they probably don't want to do it now they want to hold those announcements for when they have a better effect and they'll probably announce those only after the uh, you know lockdown is uh, behind us so when that happens is when we'll be able to judge or rather that's when we'll have let me put it in other words discounted the upside bullish sentiment uh, that the market will have developed by that point of time and so uh, the rollover and the rea- reality of what we are in which is an economic winter uh, which is uh, which is to say that uh, the uh, coronavirus itself was not it's not the reason why the economy slowed down of course that has given us the knee jerk reaction in the economy where you're getting negative gdp growth right away on day 1 but the economy had already slowed down uh, to stall speed by december by january expectations were there would be more fiscal measures beyond just the tax cuts that were done in september i myself had those expectations they were not fully met in the budget and so uh, Uh, will the economy really go uh, remain at stall speed uh, even when when you go back because uh, there are many things that are not going to uh, you know happen at the same pace than before just because of the virus and you already had a stall speed so it's never go- it's not going to be better than that it's going to be worse and when the economy is acknowledge that uh, is when the markets will start pricing in that weakness in the months and quarters ahead so i think that's what the process is going to be as far as the discounting is concerned and so people who are looking at day to day news and expecting that to get discounted in terms of how many cases are showing up every day uh, they overlook the fact that uh, liquidity that is being provided to financial markets not just in india but around the world is the near term stimulant after all uh, world economies had already come to stall speed by uh, jan of this year but you still had the us hitting an all time high and you had australian indices hitting an all time high and so on and so forth in so many markets holding up just because uh, liquidity was high because the fed was you know from uh, september october itself they had started entering the repo market and buying uh, bonds directly even last week they've bought i think uh, if i'm not wrong the number i heard somewhere 290 billion dollars worth of more balance sheet expansion happening right there so Uh, with that kind of money flowing uh, into uh, markets uh, what they are really trying to do is uh, backstop the negative effects of uh, whatever is happening at this moment that is what is happening today uh, and we really need to see whether that addresses the uh, macro picture which is what the markets have ignored for years together so it's not just now but i think for years as the macroeconomic picture is weakened from point to point Uh, people have just focused on certain sectors that are doing well or parts of the market that, that is doing well that has become overvalued but on the other hand uh, the liquidity uh, has kept uh, indices elevated keeping people believe that uh, things can continue this way but the macro picture is only got, uh, still continuing to get worse which is what the market at some time is going to acknowledge and unless uh, we can really do something to change that 
I think uh, harder times are still coming. So that doesn't change. That's that. I think I never changed that picture even between September and Jan. I said no, the winter is not over. It's just that you're getting one more rally on the back of uh, you know positives that had built in or the extreme negative that you had reached as far as September and August. Uh, and the same has happened somewhere here. The only difference is both of the negative extremes that we reached in say 2018 and 2019 both took took us back to the all-time high. Uh, and then we sold off again. So it happened. I think the first top was the important one was Jan 2018, uh, and then you got a major sell-off. Then again, it happened in August of 2019, uh, 18, sorry, uh, into the year end. Uh, and then uh, in the US, they started to cut rates, so they completely flipped and had to act. So one thing that has happened, uh, which you have to acknowledge, is that at least central banks have become very, very proactive in trying to stop this thing. from you know unwinding uh, very very badly so the moment you have, you have said that uh, correction in the second half of last half of 2018 you had uh, interest rate cuts uh, and a reverse policy from quantitative tightening to uh, you know going back on uh, qt and cutting uh, and going back to zero interest rates moment they did that the markets went back to an all time high but the economies continued to show weakening numbers throughout the year and then we had this last most recent sell off again Uh, after hitting a new high, so in the case of Nifty, it was a marginal new high. In the U.S. indices, it's been far steeper. But what you're seeing, what I'm trying to point to, is in uh, 2018, the start, you saw a 15% drop, then you saw a new high, then you saw a 20% drop, then you saw a new high. Now you're seeing a 40% drop. This is getting more and more volatile, even though it appears each time when markets rally that volatility has been contained. Uh, what is what they're playing with really is trying to. contain volatility and hold it for a long period of time so time is the factor that we are really fighting here uh, and the longer it holds up it looks like okay things are normal uh, till something else comes along uh, but then this thing's been pushed so far that at some point of time again it needs to unwind and lot of corrective action needs to be taken which is why you need to pay attention uh, to what is happening and what is changing in various parts of the market whether it's in the currency market uh, to look at the impact of all the Financial measures that are taking place, and then the commodities market to judge whether uh, those financial measures are resulting in an inflationary or reflationary cycle or a deflationary cycle, and that's what, on an ongoing basis, I daily try to publish through all my posts, and then of course I summer make a summary of that in the long shot report discussing the long term trends and charts of each of those uh, macroeconomic factors. So that's uh, I think the sum of what has happened, uh, and. uh so there's no real need for an alternative bearish count i think uh, the way we really deal with these uh, markets is that we take it as it comes so you reached an extreme negative you start looking for a counter trend move now will that counter trend move at 90 end at 94 at 10k at 12k i think at each stage now if it was a, so so there are two stages first one is determining what is likely to happen next now when you have reached extreme oversold everybody is bearish everybody is sold volumes are huge you get a selling climax the expectation turns to the other side then you have to judge how much it's going how much can it be based on a historical perspective elliot wise wise you know that counter trend moves should be abc and then you start measuring and mapping that so there's no perfect answer as to whether it will end at 94 or 10k or 12k but there are estimations that you can make uh, based on the setup as it continues to develop you have fibonacci ratios you have price projections you have uh, your ability to look at across stocks and sectors and see what they are doing and whether they are continuing to play uh, in the current theme has 
have everyone done what they are supposed to do at that point of time and if there are some stocks or sectors left uh, like i said early on about banking then those become the drivers and so you still keep measuring and even if you just look at the large caps if you just track maybe the index stocks you would keep getting a sense of whether that turn has happened until that does not you maintain and hold on to your projections that is the way i work it's not about being exactly can it happen here it can always happen i mean you can always have an alternate count but that's that doesn't tell you anything unless you have studied history that you know counter trend moves especially first bounces of each move do go up to 50% retracements in fact they even go up to 61% retracements uh, but the scenario that we've never faced before is that we've never had such extensive central bank intervention that causes prices to jump up even more in the last two years that has allowed markets despite weakening macros to go back and retest the all time high so that's something that we are not mentally always prepared for and uh, i would uh, keep that as the wildest thought uh, open i don't think i mean after forming an ending pattern on nifty i wouldn't expect that here but uh, are us indices still forming an ending pattern can they still form a wave e uh, did we miss out on something uh, that's an interesting uh, thing to also think about so i posted one chart i think of the uh, nasdaq uh, giving exactly that thought that keep it uh, you know on i think not in the uh, not on the social media but i think it published it on india charts that uh, it's an alternate to keep in mind just because of the size of interventions that are happening uh, you can see it in individual stocks that have still gone back like amazon is at an all time high probably even netflix is getting there and so you have you know uh, out of these big stocks which are supposed to be the main drivers of the next bear market what you should have gotten in this correction is a very very clear five wave decline because that's what elliot wave wise marks the start of a downtrend and if you don't get a five wave rise if it ends in three waves that means that you end up with one more uh, upward move and that's what we were seeing in couple of stocks across the board i didn't see five wave declines and that was one of my concerns that if it's not showing that then can these stocks actually in especially and i'm talking us i'm not talking india and india's and us cases can also be different so we've seen that divergence between asia probably taking the biggest hit in 2019 compared to other parts of the world because you had local crisis from the hong kong problems uh and to you know the china us trade war uh, then it's it, it may spill now over to other parts of the world and so on and you need to continue to track that uh, but what you are going to get on a broad scale on a one year or two year basis is increasing volatility and at some point of time that volatility is going to crack something in the system where it won't be able to come back because there's an old saying that markets fall on their own weight and that's uh, something we haven't seen yet we've always seen the ability of you know print more and everything goes back to normal uh, but at some point of time this rising volatility that we've seen over 3 years each time the move is bigger on the way up and then even bigger on the way down will get so wild that uh, it may break something in the system that may not be uh, repairable and that's where we'll say that the markets have you know fallen on their own weight so that's probably coming the only thing i don't want to do or probably we shouldn't is try to preempt it Uh, and so hold on to the current uh, swing uh, upwards as long as uh, it's uh, still developing and for actual positioning what you need to do is uh, position size so something you have to learn is how to position size because one thing is taking a view so this is how this is how we actually trade and this is what i train on is that elliot wave analysis helps you take the most probable outcome uh, in terms of view in terms of what will happen 
uh, and then you measure and map that uh, trend based on all the technical analysis tools that you have so it's not a standalone science the execution involves the use of all the tools because execution means okay i got to be long i got to be short i want to do a thousand uh, shares or lots or whatever and i'm not going to do it all at once i'm going to do 100 100 200 or whatever at one time and and there has to be a process to do it so it has to be based on the indicators and tools that you're using and each one confirming not just one but each one confirming that allow any and on each confirmation you're actually adding to your position that's how a system builds and so uh, the answer as to you know do you just go and short at 10000 or do you just go and short at 9400 because it looks like abc is complete the question really is not what you do but what is going to be your position size because how much are you going to risk at that point of time till you get further confirmations of what is happening will determine your position size and the risk and therefore if you, if it does go wrong and does stretch some more before your view plays out the loss that you will make will be much smaller than you would have made otherwise and that's the whole idea of learning position sizing so you need to have that built into your system So in my Nifty Daily report, I publish a position sizing model right at the top, which is a combination of basically eight parameters that I look at both on daily and weekly charts, and it's shown as a percentage, which basically shows percentage long, meaning how many indicators are showing bullish and how many are showing bearish, which is how I consider position sizing. You can develop your own model to, uh, you know, be able to do that uh, and uh, set up your trades accordingly. and then you'll feel far more comfortable about having a view and then mapping that view and then trying to ride it so that's a process and that's why i have to write about it every day once we take an opinion of what we expect then we ride it every day uh, analyze it every day look at all the indicators where they are positioned and what they are telling us about the trend uh, and once the, those indicators start weakening or reach an extreme then we start raising warning levels which means that's where you start changing your direction uh, on a uh, you know point to point basis Uh, and position size yourself in the opposite direction so i think more or less that sums it up with one last thing that gold prices uh, did dip a bit uh, yesterday so some people have been asking me will will that dip that you've been saying uh, finally happen because they still stretch to a higher high uh, so there are a couple of structures to consider i think especially this week it looks like there's a potential for a larger expanded flat to happen so i think uh, what an expanded flat means is that we made a top uh, sometime in march and then sold off uh, and then we've rallied back to a new high and that sell off is pretty steep you fell all the way back to the 1450 a uh, mark testing the uh, previous uh, swing low the third or the fourth wave swing low and then you went up all the way to a new high and it looks like at least so far that the fall and the rise are both corrective in nature and when you get a corrective rally to a new high and if it stays within uh, certain fibonacci levels uh, then we call it an expanded flat uh, which is basically wave b going uh, to a new high but always gets followed by wave c that retests the previous uh, wave a low and goes uh, below it so that's what Uh, is still on the table uh, we haven't had a runaway the only difference i'll say is that when gold does sell off and when you de- do see a decline again uh, there are some views out there floating that say gold will go back to you know subs 1000 dollars i am my long term view on gold continues to be bullish i'll not change that but every time there's a correction we are still risk managing uh, positions and looking at it uh, from a position sizing perspective you can always Uh, set yourself up for uh, those corrections and consider you know re-entering especially where trade positions are concerned or if you're in the space of miners and so on uh, but that also gives you an opportunity so if you're if, if i'm really accumulating say physical for the long term then i would probably not bother about these corrections if it comes then it's a uh, gives you even better entry points to keep adding to a long term position but on the other hand 
trading positions will find a much better entry level at lower levels given this structure and i will not change my long term view i think just because it's going to fall back to 1450 or lower so i will probably look at that as a part of a, a larger trend a correction probably a wave to dip which is why it is going to be steeper at the same time while that dip is happening stay open to look for whether that alternate view has any room to play out because by the time you fall there i think uh, the excessive long positions that have been there in the commitment of traders report i've talked about it before i think it's been there for quite for several months would probably unwind or come down a bit we may be lucky to see that by the time you get the low point in gold you th those positions flip like they had done at probably the 1100 mark Uh, where uh, you know almost you had a mild short position and if that happened then the commercials went long so if you get that kind of an extreme it will be even greater sign that you're making a higher bottom as far as gold is concerned now if that doesn't happen and the sell off gets bigger we'll definitely question that uh, but that's not the perspective with which i'll uh, look at the precious metals so what you need to remember is that indian investors in gold have had the best of both worlds and the reason is look at the post i put out i think it was more than a week ago i showed gold in inr and gold in us dollar terms to highlight the fact that whenever there's been a gold bear market whether it was from 1980s to all the way to uh, 2001 i think when the next bull market started for gold in that entire team time period gold in rupee terms continued to make higher highs the same was also true has been true in the last uh, several years so 2011 onwards you've seen gold go all the way down in dollar terms from a high of uh, almost 1940 down to 1050 dollars but in rupee terms you already crossed back to an all time high even while gold in dollar terms has not so indian investors have had it in good in both worlds because and for many other currency pairs wherever there is a weak currency uh, the impact of the currency is moment the currency weakens uh, prices of any uh, item that is priced in dollars goes up so when the usd inr goes up gold prices go up when gold prices in dollar terms go up gold prices go up so we have the best of both worlds because uh, the downside risk to gold is always when the dollar rises but when the dollar rises the usd inr rises and gives us a cushioning to that extent and that is why gold in rupee terms tends to outperform that in dollar terms and it happens in many other currencies that tend to have a long term weakening trend and that is why indian investors uh, have a greater safety in that instrument uh, and uh, their botheration with looking at you know downward trends or big corrections in gold in rupee terms in dollar terms should actually be far reduced and if they are really concerned about what uh, gold will do in rupee terms then uh, the larger trend has continued to be up historically and nothing has happened really to change that but yes the last two days sell off has pushed the daily momentum indicator back uh, to sell mode we've closed down for the week and like i said it looks like a b wave with a corrective structure and so i'm open for it to still end up being what we technically call an expanded flat that's about what i'll sum up i think for today's podcast and look forward to doing more next week have a good weekend Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.